Welcome to the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast, the show that helps you to become financially free so you can spend time with your family, traveling and pursuing your passions. And today we're going to give you some UK mortgage advice in 2021. And our special guest is Paul Davies. Uh, he's a UK commercial mortgage broker and he's a partner with Ramsey and White. Uh, he's also a majority shareholder in Ramsey and White Estate Agents. He's a property investor, which I really like for a, for a mortgage guy. Mm. Uh, he's a family man, just like us. And Paul, um, you know, on a personal level, he's arranged many mortgages for us and our students. Um, so, you know, do say hi to Paul whenever you speak to him. Uh, so welcome, <laughs> Paul. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, morning, Sarah. Morning, George. Morning, everybody who's listening. I'm very good, thanks. I'm down in uh, sunny Cardiff in South Wales, um, and it's great to see people out and about and the weather's good as well it's a really good vibe down here at the moment yeah, yeah well we're yeah. stuck in the office at the moment but we'll be out when this is finished that's it <laughs> <laughs> enjoying the sun this afternoon so yeah, so yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about property then so um property. you know the yeah. crazy the crazy world of property in the uk over the last 18 months exactly mm. exactly so you know right right now the property market is really on fire and you know our, our our students are seeing properties just selling on the same day they're listed um or by the next day at the latest so just seeing you know what, what are you experiencing your your end yeah it's a it's a great question so if, if we go back sort of i've got on my board actually i'm looking at it as we speak in bio, on the 18th of march last year 2020 um, that was pretty much the end of the world in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> the world was locked down. What happens next? Uh, myself and Joe, we stayed in the office. Joe was my business partner. We stayed in the office till nine o'clock that night. We ordered some beers and some pizzas, as brokers do. Um, and we were like, okay, what do we do? Do you know what I mean? We've only got one stream of income. That's our business, our mortgages. I used to drive trucks. Um, do I go back to that? Joel used to work um, on building sites. Does he go back to that? Who knows? Who knows what to do? Yeah. Um, then about 48 hours later, the property market exploded. It's <laughs> 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 pretty much it. That is pretty much where we've been um, over the last 18 months. Um, there's no end to it. There's actually no end to the property market at the moment. We've seen massive growth, I think, across mortgage companies, um, in general, we've grown by nearly 100% in applications since then, since this time last year. Our company has grown to 19 people where there was only four of us and potentially only two of us in 18 months. Goodness. The property market, we, we set up an estate agents in the pandemic. People called us absolutely crazy. Um, I was on one of my walks and had this brainstorming idea um, spoke to Joel. Joel, analy Joel analyzes things. Yeah, okay, what do we do? The rest, as they say, is history. We met a business partner who's uh, keen to get involved. And the property market has exploded, guys. It, it really has. It really has. So there wasn't any kind of delay at all. So there was like an initial shock, and then people were still shopping straight away. Yeah, I don't, I think I might have exaggerated a little bit in 48 hours, but <laughs> it was probably. Um, you're probably looking at about a, a month cycle. So um, we'll speak about lenders later on. Yeah. There's sort of froze, do you know I mean? As they do, same as the last credit crunch. I think that was important, um, a learning curve for everybody um, in the last credit crunch. So lenders froze, they panicked, some pulled out to the market. Yeah. But the property, the inquiries 
And we, we deal with a lot of investors all over the UK, expats, foreign nationals um, who invest in the UK. But the inquiries for sort of home movers, first-time buyers, property investors, they just went through the roof. They actually went through the roof. It was it was insane. And um, it's continued. It's continued for the best part of 18 months now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a it's been an interesting time. And what about you guys? You, you you've probably seen it. You you are, you are I call it serial investors. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You've got a large portfolio. What, yeah. What's your thoughts on it? Well, we we just carried on going, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't stop us. You know, um, in, you know, in many ways, if 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 there are ever times where people stop investing, those are the times to actually Jump make in. sure you're investing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, you know, where, you know, when, when people are fleeing the market can often be when you get the best results. Mm. Um, so it's always yeah. always good to increase rather than decrease. When yeah. that's happening. I mean, there's been a lot of uncertainty for yeah. a lot of people. And some people have literally frozen and haven't invested at all because, yeah. you know, obviously we, we none of us have got a crystal ball. We're all kind of expecting, yeah. well, you know, the market has not done what we expected it to do, shall no. we just say. And I think no. a lot of people were thinking that yeah. it was all going to tank and go terribly well, wrong. I think it's, it's because nobody knew how the government would, um, you know, put, in, put all these policies in place, like, you know, yeah. stamp duty holidays and so on, to prop yeah. up prop up the property market and keep it keep it fuelled. Well, I mean, had um, they not done that, things yeah. would, I think, have gone very, very differently. Different. Yeah. But yeah. because yeah. there's just been so much money sloshing around, mm. I think people have been looking for somewhere to put it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people like us are... Mm very keen on property as an asset class and yeah. it is as safe as houses as i say to put it in property but obviously that's what a lot of other people have been thinking too yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no definitely just just to give you an idea with the estate agent side of things I, I i am a little bit involved in in with it as well to overlook things and i think we're on sort of every property that's come into market we, we're at least having eight to 15 inquiries yeah. This launch. I mean, we're an online estate agents at the moment, soon to be in our own premises in South yeah. Wales. Um, and I think one day, one last week was uh, put on as a bit of an investment property opportunity for somebody. And I think he's had 40 inquiries um, within 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've we've had that with some of our students. They've they've had 40. 40 in a block viewing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, and they've just done a number of viewings and they just don't, you know, the agents don't just need to try that hard at the moment. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. So required to market an agent, because I used to be an estate agent for a couple of years. Okay. Years yeah. ago now. Yeah. And, you know, when yeah. you came on, you had a lot of action to take to get this property sold. And, you know, you had to call the people out and you had to send it out to people. You know, we used to do hard copies in the old days, you know, before yeah. online. Yeah, and, yeah. There were lots of things that you had to do and then do lots of viewings over a number of weeks or a number of months to get this property sold. And yeah. at the moment, you know, I'm not going to say you've got an easy job selling a property, but it ain't anywhere near as hard as it used to be. No, I totally agree. So many people coming to you. Yeah. Assuming and, you're online. And, and the other thing that, you know, we're seeing um, experienced by our students is that um, because the properties are going over so quickly, they're not having even time to put them on, on right move. So they're kind of saying, oh, you've come up for this viewing. I've got another one. I haven't even, you know, yeah. I haven't even taken photos yet. Do you want to come and see it right now? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we're finding as well. We've got a sort of a book of people who are actually first-time buyers looking for property yeah. and they're just moving down the chain in. So yeah. I think as it happens, once once the one property they're initially interested in is gone, the next block and looking at the next one. Do you know what I mean? So 
yeah. it's a bit of a conveyor belt type thing at the moment, um, which is which is good, obviously, for business. Um, not so much. I don't think. I think you've got to work harder as an investor now at the yeah. moment to do a lot more deal analysis. Um, that's what you you guys come in to help your students as well. And exactly. I do a lot of that with my clients because I work with a lot of investors. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important um, to do well, I mean, more analysis on the deal. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, you know, we've got a spreadsheet. You put everything through, and it's it's fairly it's not easy, but it's it's not that mm. complicated to analyze a deal. And obviously. Getting a decent yield and anything BMV at the moment is obviously it's more, it's more difficult. It's a lot more difficult. It's not yeah. possible, mm. but you're competing a lot against a lot more people who yeah. are potentially looking at the same kind of properties as you. So you're you're not in such a position <clears throat> of power, mm. shall we no. say? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's got over the bridge for you guys. I'm seeing a lot of my investors looking at commercial to residential uh, mm-hmm. conversions by using the right products, bridging finance, development finance. Yeah, not permitted development isn't in Wales at the moment, but there's rumours that things might change over the next six to twelve months. That'd right. be interesting. But yeah. I'm I'm seeing a lot of my clients diversify into the commercial, the residential stuff yeah. now because some of the deals don't stack up on your family lets in the right areas. Do you know what I mean? So it's been it's been a really interesting. Um, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, it's been busy. We'll <laughs> definitely busy. remember it looking back. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that date of the 18th of March. A um, couple of beers, we, we pizza. Before, weren't you? We, we'd all been up kind of in life was normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were in Doncaster. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so life <laughs> is, well, well, we didn't think life would never be the same again. We, we just thought no. yeah. it's a bit weird for a while. Hmm. All right. So, Paul, um, you know what? What's the mortgage market like right now for residential property or buy to, buy to lets? It's very buoyant. There's a lot of lenders. They've got a lot of money looking to get the money out of the door. I mean, um, as we just spoke about previously, pre-COVID, they dropped rates and lending, um, but now they're back. You can get up to potentially eighty percent loan to value with some products. Yeah. Um, which is it's not something that I always recommend, but I always discuss with my clients, do you know what I mean? Depending how leverage you want to be on your portfolio. Some yeah. deals they work, some deals they wouldn't. But across the board, you're looking at sort of 75% on residentials, buy to lets, yeah. HMOs, um, 75% LTV, so 25% deposits. Yeah. Um, obviously, staycation is a massive thing in the UK now at the moment. This has gone through the roof. So there's a lot of holiday let products available at the moment where you're probably looking at around about 70% loan to value. Some of them do get up to 75% loan to value. Um, Always important to check the deal with your broker um, for the right product to make sure you've got got, um, exit strategies, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah, so good market, strong market at the moment. Plenty of money being dished around. Okay. And what about what about those people wanting to get personal mortgage, you know, for their principal private residence? Yeah, so obviously the government brought in the um, mortgage guarantee scheme with potentially 5% deposits. I'll be yeah. honest with you, as you know, I'm always straight down the line. Yep. There's, not a, there's not a lot of mortgages, 95% products getting over the line. We've right. not seen a lot of inquiries for that. We not. Okay. What's um, causing problems with that then? What, what, where are they falling down? So they, they did have sort of 95% products back 
couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But your credit has got to be squeaky clean. Right. Um, you've got to have good solid income behind you as well. Do you know what I mean, sir? So um, not quite where, I don't think it's quite where it should be with a mortgage guarantee, but... Well, it's really quite new, isn't it, as well? So, I mean, can you get that as a self-employed person or would that only be if you've got like a standard job job? As long as you've got a good two solid years of accounts as a self-employed, then there's opportunities for those type of products. But Mm -hmm. rate-wise, I mean, a lot of people, it's important when you're buying your first home or move-in to make sure you're going to affordability fits. Yeah, you're probably looking at around 85% loan to value is the a really good strong rate. Right. Um, and then there are products out there for 10% deposit, 10 as well for residential, right. yeah. um, home movers, first time buyers and stuff as well. Yeah. Obviously, as they're taking more of a risk, the rate will go up correspondingly, presumably. Yeah, correct. If, if you're looking at, if you do manage to be successful and get in the 95% mortgage guarantee schemes, then you're probably looking at rates higher, higher three percent, maybe into the four percent. Right. But yeah. I suppose if the shoe fits for some people, then um, you just do your own due diligence, make sure you can afford the property, speak to your broker. It's always important. Yeah. And yeah. and do do a bit of a sort of cost analysis on yeah. incomes and outgoings then to make sure it's affordable. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. What about commercial then? What's the commercial mortgage market like? Yeah, so commercial, obviously, we always, I always get asked about commercial mortgages. So commercial, as in buy-to-let, limited company stuff, is 75 80%. Mm-hmm. Then if you're looking at sort of semi-commercial products or flats with shop, flats up top and shop underneath, yep. you're looking at up to 75% loan-to-value, but mm-hmm. you're probably working on really about a 70% loan-to-value by the time valuations come back and... They've yeah. done their affordability, etc. Yeah. Um, what about straight commercial? Straight commercial. I am getting. I am seeing loads of inquiries about commercial. Um, and I understand it. I do. Obviously, we not too sure where our market's going to be at the moment. So a lot of investors are looking for potential opportunities. Yeah. Um, commercially, Lloyd's, NatWest, and Barclays are pretty much stop lending. Um, pre in, in COVID, do you know what I mean? They slowly getting back to market. Um, a lot of boxes to tick, and the go-to lenders at the moment for commercial are sort of Shawbrook Bank, see, and there's a couple of others in there as well. But you're probably looking at rates anywhere from four percent up to eight percent. Okay, I, I guess they're doing a lot more due diligence as any investor should be doing as mm. to. What's the tenant going to be like? How COVID-proof are they? How is yeah. it? All of those. Yeah. I mean, they'll be doing the same due diligence you will. And obviously, if they don't think the tenant is going to last, presumably you, it's very difficult to get lending. As you know. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the commercial sector has been hit quite hard for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the risk appetite for lenders are not going to be there as it was. It, it was always difficult to get commercial lending. As you know, as we spoke about anyway, it's not quite what you year on your property courses. Um, but there was an appetite for the lending pre-COVID, but um, it's definitely changed the market. Definitely, yeah. you need a you need a good strong covenant in there, or a trading business, as you said, through COVID. Yeah, with a with a strong lease attached. I always recommend you get a minimum of three year FRI lease in place with yeah. the new covenant then as well. Like yeah, 
Yeah. So if you had to give some guidelines if, for people that are interested in buying pure commercial properties and no, no elements of residential whatsoever in it, um, what, what kind of, if you, if you had to say like you must have these top three things in the current, in the current market in order yeah. to get a mortgage, what would you say those things need to be? Uh, property value is important. Anything under grand is pretty much untouchable. Do you know what I mean? Purchase price. Mm-hmm. Um, experience who are you what do you do what do you bring to the table mm-hmm. and tenants wise who's going to be the tenant as it mm-hmm. as it traded through covid is it for example a boots the chemist or a subway where yeah. is the location do you know what i mean and and what is the lease attached to that covenant then as well they are the three main things yes yeah. I, I see a lot of people phoning me up, oh, I've just had an offer accepted on this commercial deal. Yeah, okay, tell me about yourself. I have got no experience, I've got no buy to let, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. You're going to really, really struggle to get anywhere near lending on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they are three, my three top tips, George, for commercial stuff. And, that's and, sem- and semi-commercial as well. Yeah, I mean, that's something we always tell our, tell our students. You've got to get at least one buy to let in before you do anything else. Yeah, I mean, ideally, a couple of buy sets for at least six months to a year, just so you can prove you're not an idiot, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it comes it's, down it to makes it. you a low risk to the lender. Low risk to the lender. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can't. The easier you can make it for the lender to say yes to you, the more likely yeah. you're to a get a mortgage and b get a decent rate on a mortgage. So yeah, yeah. yeah we we push people into kind of working their way up to commercial. Mm. You know, you can do it relatively quickly, but yeah, you, you, you just need want, one one buy to let. Yeah, and, so and you, you can prove. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is, is one enough or do they want more than one? It, it, it really depends on the lender and it depends on the deal. Um, I do see, I have got some deals through where they just lend it on the actual covenant who's got no experience. Oh, right. But, but not in the last 12 months, I mean, no right. way at all. So yeah. it, it is, it is deal. I, I just say it about all the deals. Everything is deal dependent. What do you bring to the table with that deal? Yeah. That yeah. is really important. I think that's where people go wrong sometimes. Yeah. I, I used to do it myself. I've wasted a month on a, some deals that I couldn't even put together before I become a commercial broker. <laughs> but if, if, you, if you realize it, if you work it out time against money, mm-hmm. right, if, I, if I, any investor now or anybody I speak to, speak to your broker first. You know I mean? yes. That is the key to see what yeah. you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's always a balance with wasting your broker's time and having them involved early, isn't yeah. there? I mean, we, we, yeah, we try and educate people to the extent that they can analyze a deal and make sure it's not rubbish yeah. and it's going to work. And at that point, you need to be speaking to your broker because mm. if it's completely unmortgageable and you need a mortgage, any further time you spend on it is just a complete waste of everybody's time, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and, it's time at the end of the day it's any bit any job time against money do you know what I mean you could yeah. waste two months and earn nothing from our deal definitely um, because yeah. you haven't that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that useful yeah, yeah. Um, so what about what about development finance then so if you're doing some kind of conversion something like that what what's the mortgage market like for that at the moment yeah no development finance is a strong market again deal dependent how how does the purchase price look the money that's going into the deal for the works and what does the gross development value at the end of it yeah. look yeah. like what is your exit strategies are you going to be holding are you going to be um selling the property who's yeah. your who's your build team do you know what I mean we get <clears throat> we got lenders it, i i i just sort of categorize it one two and three so you mm-hmm. start off as number three 
no yeah. experience with a project. There's there's deals and lenders for that. You need to build your team in there. Then yeah. I when you done your first deal, then George, you're moving on to the category two where the rates are slightly better. Right. And then once you get to category one, you've hit the holy grail. You're looking at the bigger development lenders who yeah. who want to build those relationships with you to go on to multiple multi-million pound projects then as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it all it all comes in stages with the right team around you. Definitely. Mm. And what, what are the loan-to-values at the moment, um, you know, for development finance? and Yeah. So, so t- typically you'll get 65% net day one towards the purchase price. Right. Simple example, 100 grand purchase, you need to put 35,000 pound deposit in. Mm. And then 100 grand's worth of work. They'll expect you, any development lender will expect you to put the first £25,000 worth of work into that project. Right. right. Okay. Um, and then they come back out, send the QS out to look at the project, pay that 25000 back to you. Right. right. And then so on and so forth until the project is completed then. Mm-hmm. Okay. So could you potentially get 100% development finance and then you're just paying it yourself first and then getting it back? Correct. Correct. I, I like to use it. I, I use the phrase that, it's like an interest-free loan until you draw down the facility. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with some of my clients at the moment, I'm trying to get them to see the bigger picture with development finance that they shouldn't really be just looking at the one project. Mm-hmm. You should be looking at the two to five-year plan of the next projects because that development tranche, we had a call the other day with somebody and he said, I'm going to be charged £40,000 worth of interest. Yeah, I said, but you're only going to be charged that when you draw the money down. Mm-hmm. so you're going to draw it down in stages so it's never going to reach 40,000 but yeah. what does your next deal look like because can you make 40,000 pound in that next deal do you know what I mean yeah. so it's a psychological thing it is um, mindset psychological so six, you can get 65% net 100% of the finance mm-hmm. and presumably yeah I mean the deals will get better as you go further on so if you're yeah couple of deals i mean even potentially with partners couldn't you be involved in deals with people and yeah of course you can you can jump up those steps getting experience with other people as well you don't have to just go out and start your own project completely solo no we, we we've seen a lot at the moment um, as you build relationships on people investing money into projects mm-hmm. on a on a learning sort of scale where they earn and learn yeah. as well yeah. so they, they have a return on their money invested definitely with, for example, yourselves, and then the you tell you show them how to structure the deals, the development deal. They get their money back. They got a first charge on the property, um, and then they they've got the experience to move on to their own projects. Then as well, I'm seeing more and more of that now actually over the last six to twelve months in the UK. Definitely. Let's talk about um, people overseas now investing in the UK. Um, you know, how, how, is the, how is the mortgage market changed for them? What do they need to make sure they do if they want to buy a property in the UK? Yeah, so it's, it's split into two categories. If you're, if you're an expat or a foreign national investing in the UK. So expat stuff is all about a bit of experience. You need 12 months um, by threat experience, really, to, <clears throat> to obtain, obviously, the better rates. Um, Lending criteria is fine. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of lenders on board for the right project. That's where they're using bridging finance, development finance, or um, just simple buy-to-let finance as well. And then um, rates start from around about, 
I think it's about three and a half percent and can go up to five percent for the term staff. Do I mean it depends on the the client, the experience and the, the actual deal itself. Yeah. Very similar to myself and your guy, you guys investing in the UK really, do I mean? Yeah. Um do I always have a limited company in the UK to do that. Yeah, they'd have to have a limited company in the UK. Um I think it's really important, um, we'll probably come on that later on, to speak to the right accountant mm. before setting up overseas as an expat or a foreign national yeah. to invest in the UK and yeah. try and get and try and get the interaction between the accountant and the broker that you're potentially going to use mm-hmm. to make sure the structures are done correctly then as well. Um, foreign nationals, I've got a big, uh, <clears throat> a big following in Holland and Sweden. I work a lot with overseas investors and I've done for several years now. Um, lending is not quite so easy for foreign nationals investing in the UK. But again, it's important procedures. Company structure is important if you're investing in a company. And then um, you're probably working with about four or five lenders for foreign nationals. Um, all lend, It's all experience and property um, dependent for foreign nationals, a lot more than a UK citizen or an expat. Um, but rates start typically from 4% for a buy-to-let mortgage, but can go up to possibly 8% for right. a foreign national. It yeah. just depends on experience and where the, where the model fits in. I mean, Do they have to work with somebody in the UK for that, or can they do it completely from another country? Yeah, no, they, they can, as long as they are, um, can't think of the name, but as long as the countries are within a certain uh, region of uh, the world, um, then I can't quite think what it is I'm looking for. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a list that you're on. Um, right. So which, which countries then? A sanctions list. As right. long as the government sanctions list, then it's to do with tax, so they're taxed in the right place. Yeah, and money laundering and oh. uh, all all stuff like that as well. Where, where the lenders comfortable, yeah. um, right. where the money's coming from. And where would, where would you say? Um, so you're working with some overseas investors. Um, where would you say most of you know? Name some countries as to where people are coming from and investing in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Holland, Sweden, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand. Um, lots they, they are the main countries that we deal with expats foreign nationals right that's where the bulk uh, that's where the bulk of the stuff is coming across from then as well okay but mm. I guess if you're not from one of those countries on the list you can obviously contact and have a chat and see if it's something that could be done yeah definitely everything as you see no deal is dead until you speak to the right people so I mean there's always creative ways to to make things happen um and, and connections you'd be surprised with your connections mm. um once you reach out to the certain people in property forums etc there's always ways and means to get involved in with property in the UK do you know what I mean yeah um yeah no sort of yeah foreign national stuff Rates from 4% up to 8%. LTV is up to 75% lender dependent. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for an experienced sort of broker, I can definitely help with that because um, I deal with a lot of expat foreign nationals. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks for that. Um, so, um, you know, you see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of beginners coming, coming through. Um, what would you say are the most common mistakes you see for residential investing? Um, 
what do people think they can do and they can't? Yeah. What do they try and do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I could uh, I could probably do another show on it. Yeah, <laughs> like a whole book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the common mistakes for me is they listen to somebody on social media or they go to a property invest training company mm-hmm. before they spoke to an accountant and a mortgage broker. Right. Um, that's my biggest pain. I mean, I, I feel for people sometimes because you've got to do your due diligence. Do you know what I mean? Um, you've got to go through the right procedures. And even any of my friends, anybody, you speak to your accountant, how do your business look? Is it going to be is it going to be affordable? Is the business going to work? Okay, have you got enough capital behind you? Then speak to your broker. Okay, Mr. Broker, this is what I am. I'm working, I'm not working, I'm doing this, I've got this cash. Okay, how does it work? But see, people seem to be caught up in social media and um, they go straight to a course, a property course, mm-hmm. and then they sold the dream, do you know what I mean? And from that, it's like, okay, well... Like, I wouldn't say, I probably, I would, I'd be surprised how what percentage it is. It's probably about 60, 75% who can never do anything because they haven't taken the correct advice. Um, yeah. And I think I think it's all stages, do you know what I mean? In, investing in residential property, a lot can go wrong. Do you know what I mean? A hell of a lot can go wrong. I, I've got a project on the go at the moment and it is a complete and utter nightmare. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is. I'm like, yeah. Oh, dear. The plumber's gone. The plumber's gone. Ewol. The carpenter's. I don't know what he's doing. The scaffolder's not turning up, and then the plaster's arguing with everybody. I'm like, yeah, okay. Wow. We've heard a lot of people having a lot of trouble finding builders and finding Mm. builders with availability. Yeah. Finding builders that can actually do things with any kind of speed. (laughs) I guess there's just a a big demand. A lot of people are buying houses, and a lot of investors are buying houses. There's so much demand for these people that. Hmm. you know finding them's hard and they can kind of almost make up a number can't they a lot of the time i think so it's yeah no definitely and like you said george i think what's my what's the biggest frustration is i think then when, once you've done that then you then you speak to people like yourselves who have actually done it got the t-shirt do you know what i mean because hmm. then then you're understanding the whole procedure is a lot more difficult than what you're being potentially taught on um of course it can be a steep learning curve for some people i think but you know people will get experience but i I think it can be a bit of a shock for people initially that they've been sold something that's very simple and you know Mm. we obviously encourage people to do this we love property and we encourage people to buy property and invest it's such an amazing vehicle we we like to give out the nitty-gritty yeah how do you do it part of the reason we like you is Mm. you tell the truth and you get people you know and and we're the same we 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 don't sugarcoat things too much we want Mm. people to take action because we think it's really good for people to do this stuff yeah but we tend to try and give enough information that they're, they're a little bit more prepared yeah <laughs> totally agree one, one thing i'll take from here we we met on in a property com- training company do you know what i mean and i think once you get a balance right of what can you do what can't you do and what course you take on then if you need to take a course because i i go to a lot of property events and I meet some great people who I learn a lot from, do you know what I mean? And I've paid for that, um, but I'm happy to pay for it. 
because I've already got the stuff in the background, which I know I can make a success of what I'm trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, you can always learn from I mean, that's why we like to uh, grill people like you, because, you know, although yeah. we can put stuff, we can always find out more. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. And it is, I think, um, once you get part of certain communities, then you you piggyback off each other. Do you know what I mean? I think that's really important. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we like our power team. You are part of our power team. Yeah, so. yeah. One one question we get asked quite a lot of, lot of the time is: Let's say someone is in their is in their full time job, and um, they've started building up a, por- a portfolio, property portfolio, and they're wondering um, about you know provable income, that kind of thing. So once they decide to take the leap, they quit their job. They've got enough money coming in per month, cash flow. Um, how how does it affect them then in terms of getting mortgages and so on? Once once they've quit their job, yeah, that's a good question, George. Um, I get asked a lot. Um, the, the key is to declare everything to HMRC um, as you as your property company grows. So I mean, make sure your tax returns are on time, and you've got at least one year's tax return showing profit, uh, the profit and loss from UK property, land, and tax. Mm-hmm. And then um, it really depends then what you're looking to invest in. Do you know what I mean? And uh, we just had a chat about it this morning. If you, if you, I, we call them sort of rate chasers. I mean, if you're looking to chase the best rate, do I mean? Then it really depends how much property income you're generating per year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have got lenders who will they they say they they use the phrase no minimum income required, but they do mm-hmm. like to see some income. So if that buy to let income is quite low, then there are products out there for that lender then, uh, for that client then as well, but you might pay the higher rate then as well. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no no issues there really. Okay. I mean, obviously in an ideal world, you'd have a decent provable income from your rental property before you hand your notice in. That's what we recommend people doing. But I mean, quite often when you're starting out property investing, you're investing quite a lot of money into these properties and they're not necessarily hugely profitable in like a year one, are they? So, no, no. Yeah, so no. It, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and that's something that we like to do at Ramsey and White as mortgage brokers. We, If we get a client introduced by you guys, we have a strategy call. Okay, tell me your one to five year plan um, this is what I want to do. I want to finish yesterday or next month. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does happen. Let's not beat around the bush. It does happen. Yeah, so, yeah. I want to quit. Please, can yeah, I quit? Yeah, yeah. I've seen some great stories, honestly. I could, uh, yeah. I could, I could write the book now if, um, yeah. if somebody would write. If somebody would write all the notes for me, I would write the book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, you can do it. Um, again, back to the rate chasing sort of... Um, comment if you're chasing rates and it's going to be a little more difficult as you said say if you if you've got little income mm. but it can it can work yeah definitely yeah i mean perhaps you might end up with a couple of years worth of not amazing rates but getting mortgages and then once you're refinancing them after a couple of years and you've got better provable income mm. you'd be able to move on to the sort of more standard i mean we call them kind of vanilla lenders the ones who are kind of looking for the more boring easy provable people yeah. You, you can move from the slightly higher risk lenders back onto them if you need to. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you probably can see, and people listening will probably see a pattern in what I'm saying. It's important to speak to your accountant mm-hmm. in the very beginning and your mortgage broker to put that package together because they will tell you when and when you can't really 
quit your job. Do you know what I mean? Whether you take that advice is another thing. Mm. But yeah, there's optimum and then there's what you actually do, isn't there? Yeah. E- exactly, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's only something we've learned at Ramsey and White. Do you know what I mean? If you had spoke to me four or five years ago, I wouldn't have had a clue what I was on about. That. I was like, nah, that's that, what are you on about. Like, you know what I mean? But as you learn and as you grow and you share that information back with people like yourselves and other investors, then that's when sort of the jigsaw comes together then. Like, as well. Yeah, well, I mean, you can use your experience because you, obviously what lenders want to lend on changes over time, depending on their risk and what the market is doing. But you're in a position to know what they're likely to lend on. So you can obviously feed that back to the investors so they don't start down a strategy where they're never going to get lending in their position and you can kind of channel them towards the right kind of strategy at the right time. So you you really are part of somebody's power team and you should be used, Mm. you know, so people can make the best choices at the best time. Definitely. My my favourite ones are, um, they come to me and they're on a, um, a 12 month bridge and loan and they nine months into the bridge and loan they've quit their job they've got more buy select income and they said Paul gave me out this deal I was like okay <laughs> 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 they're they my, they my favourite ones and, and trust me I have had a few of them and, and I know Joel has had a few of them I know Dean one of the other business partners has had a few of them as well so, yeah. um, I mean the, I, one, the one thing people don't realise is how long these developments take they assume they'll be just be in and out but it, in yeah. reality it doesn't happen mm. like that no, definitely. We we were we were open for a twelve week turnaround on our little buy to let. Um, yeah. Didn't realise the size of the property. We are sixteen weeks in, um, and another. I hope Joe's on listening because I told him we'd be completed in twelve weeks. <laughs> you won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Didn't you say he was a builder? Maybe he needs to go in and finish it off himself. That's it. That's it. I've gone with evidence that he was on a building site, but um, he reckons he was anyway. So uh, right. um, I, well, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen him do any plaster, you know, plasterboarding or anything. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll, 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 lay, I'll update you in the next couple of months if he really is. But um, no, like you said, Joe's projects do run over as well. Like so, it's all and it's all part of it. It's all part of quitting your job, no income, declaring yeah. your income. It's all it's all links to the same to the end goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just say, making sure that you've got ideally the lending to cover. The, the worst case scenario so you you don't have to try and renegotiate with a lender if you possibly can yeah um, you're covered and ideally you're finishing early and you're paying them back early you're not kind of mm. hitting the end of your your lending term and then panicking because you're not in a position of power with anybody then are you you're, you're gonna have to just take whatever you get yeah exactly exactly and that does you do get people at that stage where they just got to take whatever they can to get out of the deal drumming because, um, because it wasn't, and, and it's all down to correct advice. It's all yeah. down correct advice. Um, speaking to the right people before you jump into what you think is a fantastic yeah. life-changing deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might change your life, just not necessarily in the way that you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. Yeah. And unfortunately it is. You, you do, you do hear some horror stories along with the good stories, do you know what I mean? And uh, we, we are looking to change that and as a company and share our experiences and make sure people don't have those horror stories, do you know what I mean? 
yeah yeah or, or at least put them on facebook so we can all read about them or in one of your books that you'll be writing in the future That's it. yeah no, i've got my own facebook group set up and mm-hmm. yeah you'll see some truths in that one yeah yeah <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul, for coming on the show. Um, so what's the best place for people to get in touch with you? It will be at the moment my property Facebook group, which is called Property Investing in the UK, The Truth. Okay. Right. Right. So, that's, that's setting the bar very high, Paul. Yeah. Really yeah. good. It is. Yeah. So um, thanks. thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Paul, for coming. And thanks, everyone, to listening well, thanks to the invite. today. And we'll see you all again next week. Bye. Bye.